Greetings in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is always a pleasure to share the word of God with you. Um, I want to kind of conclude the series, the um, the light series, and move into some. uh other stuff but so obviously re- related to things so i want to conclude in, in today's message giving you an picture of how the gospel works in the framework of love light and life and next sunday um you can join us live and i'm going to take a questions um from you and answer those questions especially the last four to five messages if you can listen if you haven't listened uh please listen to those things so many things said about the journey of the heart and heart healing related stuff so if you have questions you can write and send it to the number or uh, that you see um or you know you can um, send a voice note if you have to and you can also join live that sunday uh and type down the questions as we chat things through um so with that we'll conclude the series and move on to the next one so make sure that you listen to these messages the last few messages if you walk in the light that's one and then true light is second and to to love is to live in the light this is the third and then um darkness of shame versus light so these are the messages i would want you to listen and uh take down questions what's running in your head uh if you want to know uh want some clarity in those messages please make note of all the questions and send through send us through so that we'll be able to work on those questions uh next week okay uh really appreciate you taking your time to do those things um fully engage with these um resources yeah it's a privilege to walk in in the light that we are walking to have the conversations that we are having so i would really appreciate if you make use of such opportunities to be part of the bigger conversation right it's one big conversation that's happening across the globe that trinity is weaving and we get to be part of that conversation and uh, yeah so take time to shoot out your questions today i want to talk about you know how two different understanding of the gospel can really either project you onto the light or keep you in darkness as you can see the you know starting point has to be trinity um in the beginning was the word the word was with the father and the word was god the, the word was face to face with the father and the word was god and uh the holy spirit was hovering and and f- for us to uh start anywhere else other than that would be a disaster um that's the foundation of everything and if you're not starting there you're not starting at love light and life um, unfortunately the gospel that we have most of us have been grown up with goes something like this i want to explain you know the, um there are many preachers who have used the chair analogy so this is not invented by me uh there are many who have used uh to explain the gospel with the chairs 
So, just imagine this is God and this is man. And God created man. And when your idea that God is a solitary person, meaning one person, yeah, whatever your view is, you know, even though many of us confess Trinity as a doctrinal belief statement, our idea is a single person, you know, that's, that's how it's stored in our consciousness. So the problem with that image goes something like this. So God was all alone in the beginning before there was any creation. You know, God was just all alone. I didn't know what that single God was doing, probably biting his nails and just not knowing what to do. Right? Uh, and if this single God created a man in his own image, this man can only love himself because this God, single person, can only love himself. Are you, getting, are you getting what I'm saying? There is no other center. There is no relational movement. There is no giving and receiving. There is no joy. There is no celebration. There is no laughter. There is no nothing. He is just all by himself. Probably bored. And are you getting the picture? So if this God creates a man in his own image, that would be out of a need. And whenever... God creates out of a need, he can only use, but he cannot love. Yeah, he can only use men, but he cannot love men because he needs men. Whenever you need someone, you can only use them, you cannot love them. All right? So this man sinned. And when this man sinned, this God got angry because he's a holy righteous god okay i'm explaining gospel in the way that it is usually presented uh you know for so many years it has been presented this way so this god gets angry he turns his face can't look at sin anymore can't look at the sinner so this guy goes off and um, now this God is torn between two sides because one side of him loves him but the righteous side of him has to punish him. Are you, are you guys seeing the dilemma that God is in? You know, So one side of God loves man but the other side of God is just and holy and has to punish. So there has to be something for this God to balance the two. And you know, whenever try to whenever this God tries to reach, in whatever way he tries to reach, you know, man, you know, he tries to go and reach mankind, but this man is so broken. You know, he keeps running away. Um, God tries to give the law, right? And man is not able to keep the law. He breaks the law. You know, he gives prophets. He tries to make connections through prophets. But again, he doesn't listen. So every time there is not turning away, every time there is disobedience, that again creates anger in this God. So when the law is broken, the justice side of God demands punishment. And uh, when prophet is not listened to, again the justice side of God is triggered and this God has a need to punish. So what did this God do was... He um, sent his son, right? So in the view of a single God, son is the word that came and became flesh. Okay, son did not, was not present from the beginning as a separate person, but you know, there was only one person 
from the father and and he kind of comes forth from the father uh and becomes a separate entity at incarnation so this son this adam the last adam and the second man is unlike this adam this adam can't do anything right you know most of the time he is wrong and this adam obeys perfectly and uh, does everything right um dots all the i's slashes all the t's obeys god keeps the 100% you know justifies uh reaches the standard that this legal god has set whatever standard this legal stainless steel holiness god has set jesus is able to reach and match it therefore this jesus now is a worthy sacrifice to take the sin of mankind so he comes through some legal arrangements god is able to transfer all the sin and guilt of the entire humanity and transfer it onto jesus and now he carries the thing so this god who is angry with man ha- has poured out all his anger on jesus right now so much so god turned his face away from jesus so much so jesus cries out my god my god why did you forsake me so now god has poured out his wrath on jesus uh legally punished jesus and you know poured out all the wrath on him and uh then jesus has become sin in the place of mankind and somehow right the legal justice the wrath has been poured the justice satisfied and now god can turn and look and how do we know that justice has been satisfied resurrection is the proof resurrection is the proof that justice has been satisfied so now this guy if he can believe if he can believe and confess that this legal arrangement has taken place then he can come in the name of jesus hiding behind the blood of jesus and approach this god and get his needs met still you know when we say we come in the righteousness of jesus to god that's what we mean we come in praying in the name of jesus to god this is exactly what we mean ah uh, you might be just listening to me and thinking yeah that's right exactly that's the gospel what's wrong with that gospel mm you know if that's what you're thinking um probably you're listening to us for the first time um what's the problem in this pro- in this framework of thought god is split into two okay god is love and god is holy and because god is split into two you know you are split into two since you are split into two you are still broken right you're still broken you're still messy but you have a jesus to cover your mess so god looks at you through jesus and he kind of sees jesus he doesn't see you he doesn't see your brokenness but he sees jesus he sees jesus as your righteousness he sees jesus as your holiness he sees jesus and uh, you know when you pray in the name of jesus you get your needs met from this god this is not gospel this is religion and this is darkness this is darkness 
yeah i'm i'm sorry if it is a very strong word but honestly this is the mess that we have created and this is what the real gospel addresses this is no gospel this is darkness this is not light so god is split into two you are split into two and your brokenness and your crap whatever we were talking about the last few weeks shame and everything and all these things your addictions you know it is just a part of you that god hates and you have to confess that jesus is your righteousness and somehow believe that that part of you would somehow change into the good part of you so that god can accept you finally into heaven and when you are in this process there is no meaning to life there is no meaning to marriage there is no meaning to play there is no meaning to business here your life is divided sunday life is different different from your monday to friday so sunday you come deal with the mess through the blood of jesus so that you can appease this angry god and keep him at bay so that he doesn't get on you from monday to friday through a hospital bill or an accident or something so you worship him and you pray in the name of jesus and you keep him happy but when you go out on a monday to saturday you're all on your own you're all on your own what does this god has to say with your coding what has this god to say to your you know painting what has got this got today today with your hobby of you know uh bringing up a pet a dog or a fish nothing nothing so you come every sunday you worship hallelujah hallelujah and you do your thing you give him some money you give him something you read some bible portions for him you sing some songs for him you do the thing check the boxes and then go live your life does it make sense this is darkness this is not truth this is not gospel this is not bible this is man's religion this is adam's imagination this is every man's imagination trying to reach god you know through something you know something some form of confession or something some so you are in the hamster wheel and you're running and you're running you're running you're running and 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 in trying to please this god in some form of the other you become tired and you just roll off the thing and you're like calling it done and people leave church quit faith and become an atheist or whatever you know identity they assume they don't want to do anything with this god okay anyway i'm broken i'm going to go to hell i can't do this thing endlessly this is a story of so many people but this is darkness this is religion you know this is not love light and life this is not trinitarian gospel trinitarian gospel is so different so different wow in the beginning is the father the son and the holy spirit oh my goodness it is not this way no 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 it is community it is relationship yeah there is a circle and you know there is a triangle right you know that is formed ah when you just put it this way oh just take this out before there was anything there was father the son holy spirit in mutual delight in other sense self emptying passionate love joy celebration the other god out there he was sitting there bored right 
not knowing what to do. So you have this jiggy jiggy bam bam going on and there is an overflow happening and when they are enjoying in the utmost, they decide, this triune God decides to create man in their image, in the same capacity, right? Able to participate and you know, so, and the original thought, the original thought was this participation was not like, like this, right? Open the circle so that mankind can come into the circle like this and participate. No, 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 no. From the beginning, you know, that's what I want you to read. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Okay, just let's remove creation. Let's just talk John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was face to face with the Father. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. So whatever, uh, just hold that verse and come with me to Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things were created through him. And for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. In, th- in him all things consist. So, um, the plan and purpose of God was to create man in the image of Jesus. Let us create man in our image. Then the next verse says, in his image, man was created male and female. So we are all currently being transformed into the image of his son. So we are created in him, by him and through him and for him and a perfect fit. Are you getting what I am saying? We are of the same kind. You know, it's not like, you know, can you bring that? It is not like Jesus is another kind and we are trying to fit Adam. This is not how creation works. This is not how creation works. You know, we are created in his own image, right? We are created in the image of Jesus and we are held by him, in him and through him. And, you know, for him. Nothing that has been created has been created outside. He is holding all things together. He was before all things. You're talking about Jesus, right? He was before all things. So, so the father was there. So before all things, Jesus was there. Jesus did not come into the picture only at incarnation. Holy Spirit did not come into the picture only at the day of Pentecost. There is a circle of life happening and we are created in him and through him and for him. And when we, when we are awakened to this reality, we function well. We are participating of love, light and life. But, you know, I cannot illustrate that with this chair because these are inanimate objects. But as I was telling, this guy has a free will. So he is created and included in the dance, but he has to use his free will to participate of that reality, even though he is one with him. So when Adam believed the lie, yes, you know, I don't know if you can see, this chair is broken, right? This is broken and got super broken, but still within Trinity, right? 
Trinity can handle your mess. The other God, if you remember, turns his face. God is angry, the judge God. He's angry, he turns his face. But here, there's still nothing. You know, our fall cannot affect what is going on within them. Our fall doesn't have the capacity to disrupt the circle of life. That is uncreated reality and it continues. My goodness. No matter what mess Adam has created, that continues. And that's the hope of life. That no no matter what the brokenness is, this is unchained and it is free. And this circle is still free, free flowing. Oh, the river of life is free flowing. But how did this love, light and life reach man in the darkness? Yeah? Come with me to John again. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was Zoe. And that Zoe was the light of men. So in him was Zoe. What is Zoe? What is eternal life? Eternal life is knowing the Father. Right? He has a particular knowledge of the Father. Uh, Come with me to Matthew 11. 27. All things have been delivered in to me by my father and no one knows the son except the father nor does anyone know the father except the son and to one whom the son wills to reveal him did you read that there is a unique knowledge that the son has about the father that's what we call life that's what we call zoe there is a unique knowledge that predates human history and creation and time that is a unique knowledge that the son has about the father. And that no one knows. No one knows. And uh, uh, come with me to John chapter 1. In John, this has been reiterated so many times. Um, come with me to verse 18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father He has declared him. No one has seen God at any time. Except the son who is at the bosom of the father. Yeah, this is John 1. Come with me to John 5. He goes on to say, you know, verse 37. And the father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. But you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent him you do not believe. You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. But these are the things that testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have Zoe. He has said a mouthful. He said, hey guys, you do not know the father. You do not have his word in him. But you guys are thinking there is Zoe in scriptures. And you are searching the scriptures, but you do not know the scriptures testify of me and you are unwilling to come to me so that you will have Zoe. So Zoe, what is Zoe? Zoe is a living, relational knowing, experiential knowing of the Father, you know, through the blessed fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That is Zoe. What is happening in the circle is Zoe. So, We do not know. Yeah, we do not know. We have not seen. We are broken. We are in darkness. You know, we have believed the lie. We are broken beyond comprehension. And Jesus is not giving the Bible to him and say, Hey, Adam, figure out. No, 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 no. This is not how Jesus reveals the Father to us. If, if, Book is all he wanted to give. You know, Jesus, there is no need for Jesus to come in flesh. 
there is no need for jesus to come in flesh he could have just dropped a book from heaven third and said no me through the book as much as i love the book as much as i meditate on this book as much as i you know uh these scriptures point to jesus point to jesus a person a person who knows the father a person who knows the father so what what did the trinity do this is where i want you to see come with me to john chapter 1 verse 14 okay if i don't believe in scripture i won't be coming back to john chapter 1 john chapter 1 right yeah john chapter 1 verse 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us so this is sarks right this broken piece which cannot experience the father in any form or matter is called flesh sarks the word became flesh okay the word became flesh and in the incarnation of jesus he steps into the bottom of our pit where we don't believe that god loves us and he knows the father and the and, and jesus is never alone right jesus keeps saying you know i'm never alone i'm never alone jesus was conceived by the holy spirit led by the spirit filled by the spirit so you know who is there with jesus so here comes the holy spirit right with jesus and jesus is not alone and jesus keeps saying right and i'm not alone uh but the father you will all run you will all leave but the father never leaves me right he at the cross at the cross when jesus stepped into the belly of human darkness and experienced the full bone brokenness of mankind jesus was not alone the father and the holy spirit was with jesus revealing the spirit was still revealing the father in our darkness day in and day out in incarnation in this broken flesh but ultimately on the cross in a full blown manner when darkness was swallowing up you know jesus stepped into that place with the father with the spirit and experienced our brokenness fully and cried my god my god why did you forsake but there in that place he found the father and he said daddy into your hands i commit my spirit so in the incarnation of jesus the whole trinity united themselves with the broken humanity and restored them into glory i and my father are one you in me i in me uh, i in you and i in my father you know now now we and trinity are one we you know we are inseparably united but which version of us is united the broken version of us is united it's not the holy sunday going version of us that is united hmm my goodness i don't know how you're able to sit and watch this message from your couch without jumping up in dance and breaking out in praise and thanking god for the gospel he heals us in his incarnation he includes the broken part of us he includes the messy part of us the very thing the last week that i am talking about shameful things shameful areas that's where jesus has stepped in that's where the father is with jesus that's where the holy spirit is with jesus and he is wanting to heal you in that in those places you need not hide in darkness once you know that jesus has stepped into your darkness as the light in him was zoe what is zoe the knowledge of the father that zoe is light unto men and what is it saying you know the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it the light of light jesus said i am behold i am the light of this world not light st 
stepped into the darkness, stepped into the belly of the beast with the Father, with the Spirit and untwisted our twistedness in the incarnation. Yes, untwisted our twistedness in the incarnation. And this is the reality right now. You have been included, healed, made new. You're united, included in the knowledge of the Father, but still your free will is intact. That has not been touched. And the invitation is always open for you to experience this unity. This, you are not going to make it true through your free will. Are you getting what I'm telling? In the old paradigm, that guy has to come and pray and confess so that this God turns in goodness and shows favor because of what he has done. He has done the salvation prayer. He has done the baptism. He has done the evangelism. He has done this. He, no, the initiation is here. And then God responds. God reacts to what the sinner is doing. No, 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 no. It is not in our capacity to change God's disposition toward us. It is not in our human capacity to change the disposition of the Father towards us. That's why we need Jesus. See, um, just quickly, one thing is, you might be saying, but we have the picture of an angry God in Bible. It's not that, you know, the angry God just came out of nowhere. We still have it in Bible. Right? That's precisely because people here, you know, what does it say? Come with me to Hebrews. Let's go to the Bible itself for the answer. Right? Hebrews chapter 1. God who at various times, verse 1, 1. God who at various times, in various ways, spoke in time passed to the fathers by the prophets, as in these last days spoken to us by his son. So let's do Passion Translation. Throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time, building one truth upon the other. So this guy trying to understand God is a fragment. Fragment means it's a broken piece. It's a glimpse. Not full-blown expression. Jesus is the full-blown expression. Jesus is the exegesis of God. Exegesis is a theological word of interpretation. Jesus is the Father's exegesis. Perfect image. Mirror image. Radiance. Absolute radiance. Full revelation, final revelation, full-blown revelation. That is the son who is from the bosom of the father. No one has seen God at any time. So when people trying to see God and interact with God and them, you know, writing down things is a broken, fragmented revelation of who God is. That's why Bible is progressive in its revelation. The things that are said in the Old Testament, Jesus comes and contradicts in the New Testament. If that, what was written, was a perfect revelation of who God is, Jesus would have come and said, it is told to you and just keep it that way. But he says, but I say unto you, this is what has been told to you, but this is what I'm saying. Why? That was not a perfect revelation. That was a fragment. That was a glimpse. So while writing such things, they have portrayed God many times as the single solitaire God who is losing his mood at a tiny little thing, every little thing. So Jesus is the perfect character of the Father. So if your revelation of God doesn't fit into the person of Jesus, then we are still viewing through the lens of broken lens of Adam and not through the eyes of Jesus. The father doesn't need Jesus to look at Adam. We need Jesus to look at the father. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so Jesus, you know, unites himself and uh, untwists, you know, um, the twistedness and we are one 
we are made one and in him all things consist and he is still in relationship with the father and the spirit he is still in flesh glorified but he has lifted us up into the circle through the incarnation this is what adoption is all about right so inclusion our inclusion in the circle through the incarnation of jesus christ so in him we live and we move and we have our being so all your brokenness and your mess that you're trying to run away from stop running away from that is what i'm trying to tell you every darkness in your life shall be made light when you understand the gospel no broken part of you needs to be left out jesus when he looked at the disciples and said you know when he multiplied the bread and there were lot many fragments broken pieces and jesus said let pick up all the fragments let nothing go awaste pick up all the fragments let nothing go awaste no broken piece of your life jesus will allow to go awaste in the incarnation of jesus he picks up all the broken pieces all the fragments and in him everything is healed he steps into those areas and shares his knowledge of the father the unique knowledge that he has that life zoe life that he shares with us in our brokenness in our flesh in our sarks in our darkness in our addictions in our running away he is there with us and he heals our souls and as we begin to heal as we begin to believe the gospel as we begin our our healing is not a technique our healing is not a you know a magic our healing is not a program our healing is a person our healing is a person who is in the bottom of our pain holding us together and loving us bringing the father and the spirit with him and loving us in the bottom of our pit yes i want you to just close your eyes right now and say jesus i give you permission to love me in deep places deep places i have split myself into two because i have split you into two but i know now know your holiness is not against me your holiness is for me your righteousness is not against the broken me but your righteousness is for me it is therapeutic it is healing your righteousness is your love is your justice is your joy is it steps into my brokenness yeah yeah right you know uh see so have the father and you have the holy spirit and in jesus you are included in the circle where you can sit and jesus holds you together jesus holds the broken pieces of you and lifts your head up the head that is hanging down in shame lifts the head up and can have a conversation with the father and the spirit we are in we are included we need not run away we cannot run away david says where can i run i take the wings of the morning and i go up you are there i make my bed in hell you're still there and your hand guides me yes many of us have made up our bed in hell our life is a hell we have made a mess people have made a mess we have made a mess you know it's hell but you're not alone jesus has stepped into our brokenness and he's healing us with our participation slowly journeying us and transforming our hell into heaven yeah that's what the gospel is
That's what incarnation is. That's what oh, the flesh and blood is all about. In as much as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, him likewise have partaken of flesh and blood, that through his death he might destroy him who had the power of death. So death is relational brokenness. <laughs> Not able to know the father. That's how death begins. And that's how death manifests. And then finally, physically, death manifests. But it's a relational reality. Just like Zoe is a relational reality, death is a relational, you know, you know that. <laughs> that's how death began for Adam. He did not be begin in a heart attack and he died the, the first day. It, it started as a relational death, you know, spread its claws, ugly claws into every area of Adam's life. And finally, the physical body was itself swallowed up by death. That's how death went about its work. If that is true for death, how much more true it will be for Zoe? Zoe is a relational reality, but it's not going to stay a relational reality. That's what we celebrate in the communion. Inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, likewise he himself partook of flesh and blood. That through his death, so through Jesus entering into our brokenness, through Jesus stepping into the dark place, through his death, he might destroy death itself. So he entered into darkness and destroyed that darkness. He entered into that God-forsaken place and destroyed that God-forsaken place by bringing the light of the Father in that darkness. Therefore, whatever he enters, he transforms. Whatever he enters, he transforms. He enters into darkness, he transforms that into light. He enters into death, he transforms that into life. Because he is love, light and life. We thank you for the glorious gospel. We thank you for we are not alone in our darkness, in our shame, in our brokenness. But the love, light and life of the Father. Yeah and the Son, and the Holy Spirit has set up it, its tent. God set up his tent in our brokenness. He moved into our neighborhood, says the message version. He moved into our neighborhood. He dwelt, he pitched his tent. He tabernacled among us. Dwelt, that word dwelt, is tabernacled. Yeah, he pitched his tent. Just like how God pitched his tent in the midst of Israel. As broken as they were, he pitched his tent in the midst of Israel. As broken as Adam is, as broken as you are, he has pitched his tent right into our brokenness. Whatever you are running away from, from the bad version that you have judged, oh, I can't stand this version, this part of me. That part is where he has pitched his tent. He has become flesh and he has found the Father. So that you can turn towards that part of you and reconcile and be healed and become wholehearted. The, you know, the broken, fragmented pieces of the heart is all coming together. And his healing love, the balm of Gilead is healing us. And is making us wholehearted again. This is the hope of the gospel. This is the hope that we have in his son. And what an amazing gospel we have to share. Yes, in this, everything gets meaning. Every minute of your life gets meaning. Your love for cricket, football, food, Animals, art, creativity, music, innovation, technology is all a participation 
of the love, light and life of Trinity. It is an expression, creative expression of the Holy Spirit's creativity, her wisdom and her, you know, her dance is seen in all these things. And you would have eyes to see the sacred presence of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit every moment, in every person and in every day. And all of a sudden everything becomes meaningful. Everything becomes meaningful. Everything, you know, you have a, you have a drive for life because you know that you're not alone. You know that you're not abandoned. Yes. May you receive that revelation of the gospel. Uh, may you be delivered from the darkness of religion. And may you step into the gospel of light. Yes. Not the darkness of religion. And your generosity, your giving, is not trying to appease an angry God. Oh, if I don't tithe, if I don't give, this God becomes angry. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. You're participating in a generosity that is beyond you. Yes, where you're free from the fear of not having enough. Where you're free from the fear of trying to look out for your own life. And you listen to him in wisdom and he teaches you how to create wealth and you become generous and you become a blessing for everyone around you in so many different ways. Even as you give, may you participate of the generosity of the Father, Son and the Spirit in the philanthropic nature of Trinity who opened up the circle for us to be included and to participate and to enjoy and to share. We thank you for this gift. We thank you for this glorious gospel that we get to participate in. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Don't forget, next week I'm going to take up your questions. Please do send. God bless you.